If you kind of like fitness, then you'll definitely love this podcast. You are listening to the only fitness podcast where you'll hear a lot about fitness and a lot about other ish ish. Moving at the speed of light into eternity. Tonight. Tonight is the night where you'll learn the three biggest mistakes beginners make in the gym. Wow. Why you're not seeing progress. Oh, yeah. There's something about you, girl. <laughs> I had a there's I had a friend in high school who looked like Ice JJ Fish. No way. Yeah, I'll show Let's you. Get him on. Uh, yeah, I hope he's doing well. I haven't talked to him in a while, but Juwan Emery, if you if you ever listen to this, <laughs> that's a yeah, call that was, out. That was the guy who looked like uh, Ice JJ Fish. Anyways, as you heard anyway. me singing, um, three biggest mistakes beginners make in the gym that's the title of this episode that's the title of this episode that's what we're going to go over today and we want to go over the three biggest mistakes beginners make in the gym in relation to why they're not seeing progress right we're not talking about mistakes like etiquette and re-racking your weights and wiping down your equipment even though which you should still do please you should definitely do that especially if you're like me with a lot of swamp ass no one no one wants to savor that flavor just wipe it down real quick. No one sees hey, it. No one cares. Maybe some people do. No, please don't, don't savor my you flavor. You have a lot of fans. You have a lot, a lot don't, of fans. Don't say that. I'm sure there is someone who would enjoy me wringing out a sweaty compression short after a long run <laughs> into their <laughs> mouth. However, I would not. Unless I was paid properly. That's holy right? water. That is. Is that's some that's something that could change your life. That could change your life. Baptize me with that. For the good or the don't give these people ideas. All right. Don't all give right. them ideas. Don't give them ideas. Okay. No, we're talking about the three biggest mistakes beginners make in the gym that are related to why they're not seeing progress, right? And we have split this up into three different pillars. This is usually how Monica and I work with our clients. We have three different pillars, right? There's the workout pillar, the nutrition pillar. And then lastly, the non-exercise related pillar. So the things that we do outside of the gym and how that would affect us inside of the gym. Like, for example, not sleeping enough. That's going to affect you inside of the gym, right? Stress levels. That's going to affect you inside of the gym. That affects you outside of the gym. So let's get into our first pillar, our workout pillar, right? Again, why aren't you seeing progress? First one, workout pillar. There are people who do too much and go to the gym every day and maybe run every day and do cardio every day, work out for three hours every day. Wow. And then to the opposite side, there are people who don't do enough and expect to see progress. They are going once a week, once every two weeks, once a month, and like, man, why don't I see any progress? And so it's all about finding the balance between the two of needing to do a little bit more than you're doing right now and making sure you're not doing so much that you start to see a negative regression in terms of your progress, right? Negative regression is a double negative, I think. So just seeing a regression in your progress, right? So what does doing too much look like, Monica? How do you know when someone's doing like too much? You're doing too much. When would you say that to someone? You're doing the most. When would you say that? I find that the people that... That Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, This doesn't apply to every person that is this way, but... It can also come down to the person that's very 
busy. They're very type A. Um, they're just a very stressed out, high strung person. And they mm -hmm. also like to have a very rigid schedule, which sometimes can mean, okay, it's part of my routine to go to the gym every single day. And when they're not seeing progress in the gym, it could just be that they're doing too much. They're not giving themselves enough rest, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That I think you were describing a a cortisol junkie. There are people. They're cortisol definitely cortisol junkie. Yeah, there are definitely people, and they tend to be like you know type A type of personalities. But they're cortisol junkies where they love the stress. They love the feeling of stress, whether that comes with you know a high intensity workout class like going to a Barry's boot camp class every day and really just you know feeling good and of course you feel great after the workout right you have endorphins running um you have some adrenaline running like it feels good but to the type a person who falls under the cortisol junkie umbrella is that they're addicted to that feeling so much that it's actually not allowing them to progress right especially if they're the type of person who's like trying to do more and more and expect to see more and more results they ultimately won't and sometimes they actually start to move backward and i think one of the biggest reasons of why that is is going to be you know dealing and relating to stress levels right so when you have an increase in cortisol you tend to hold on to more weight whether it's body fat and adipose tissues or due to water weight right? Either way, it's like you're holding on to more weight. And I, I think we see people who are the boot camp class going every day. And to that type of person where they're doing too much, it's really hard to get them to understand that slowing down would actually help them to see more progress because they are so addicted to the workout class. However, if you can get them to slow down a little bit, maybe either work out one less day, or if they just really have to go all seven days out of the week, have one of the days be a very restorative day, whether they're working on mobility or just stretching at the gym or going to a yoga class instead of a hit class, things like that. Um, of course, it's going to be like a slow type of progress that you would see because they are so entrenched in going to their class, getting that rush of endorphins, getting that adrenaline, getting that cortisol. But I think if you can slowly move that person into a little bit less exertion, you would see more progress, right? Take a step back to move two steps forward. What's um, one way or how do you talk to clients? Do you have clients like this that have a hard time slowing down? I currently do not have any clients that are like this and do too much. Well, if you did, how would you do convince you? them to slow down? I have had some clients, yes. Well, maybe I should ask you the question then. So you're you're more of the domain expert here. So Monica, let's say you had a client or you have a client who is going to the gym every day. They're going to the gym. They're running every day. They're going to a class three to four times a week, like literally every day for at least two hours. They have some sort of high intensity movement. How are you getting them to ease off just a little bit off the gas pedal? I mean, you answered all gas it already. Breaks. I know it's all ass, no brakes, baby. Well, um, you're not going to get different. that dump truck at this rate, honey. Um, no, I would not threaten that. That's not <laughs> how I do it. I promise. But you already said it. I, I have told clients that if it's part of your routine, ritual is important, but we also always have to go back to your goals. Like, what is your ultimate goal? Like, do you want to be doing this forever? Because they're already kind of low key tired, though they won't admit it. So if we are really focused on the goal, then I just tell them, let's just do a yoga class instead. And then slowly, 
maybe walking instead. The same people that go for these high intensity classes, that's all they know. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Yeah, I think that's why I asked you because I was like, sometimes I have a hard time convincing people that it's counterintuitive. That's why. Right, right. It's not where they would look to go first to like take a step back. Like I'm already doing all of this. Don't I need to keep doing more and more? And I think that can become very frustrating. Yeah, like you said, especially if they're already tired of having to keep up this lifestyle, whether they are addicted to it or know they're addicted to it or not. I can see how frustrating it would be that maybe they saw progress within, you know, the first three months. And now that they're doing more and more, they're actually starting to regress. Regress as in? Regress as in, like, let's say they saw a a good amount of visual progress. And now within the last three months, compared to the first three months, they are going back to how they looked before they even started working out. Mm, Okay. Right. So it can be very frustrating when we're so inclined to think that the more we do, the more should be given back. However, I I love to think of things on a bell curve. I feel like the bell curve fits a lot of things within fitness because there's this idea of like minimal effective dose. So if it is a person who's like very adrenaline junkie, cortisol junkie type A person, they also probably work, you know, a high value job or they have a lot of things going on outside of the gym. So I guess I would sit this person down and be like, hey, what if we can give you more productive hours to do the things you enjoy outside of the gym by doing less inside of the gym, but still seeing more results, right? So what if I, what if I could get you more results by doing less in the gym, therefore freeing up time for you to do stuff outside of the gym that you enjoy doing, whether, you know, ex- exploring your city or going out to eat and trying new places or hanging out with friends. I'd probably try that approach first and foremost and see, you know, if they're responsive to that. Some people just aren't going to be responsive, but hopefully they are responsive to like, oh, yeah, like I would love to do less and see more. And so I brought up the bell curve going back to that. I go off on tangent sometimes. Go Going back to the bell curve is this idea of a minimal effective dosage where, you know, as you move up the bell curve, you start to see as you have more input, there's more output and you get to the very top of the curve where there's an amount of input that you put out that gives you a maximum output. And after you fall off and start going to the right more, the more input you give does not always result in more output, right? Because the bell curve, it goes up, hits a peak, and then comes back down. It's not linear. So the further to the right you go to a point, there's going to be a point where the input you give out gives you a maximum output. But further than that, giving more input does not actually result in more output. It's actually regressing from that, you know, peak. So I love thinking in terms of the bell curve and hopefully that, you know, resonates with people when I'm trying to talk them out of doing so much. To the other hand, on the other hand, to the other hand, on the other hand, is English even my first language? on. <laughs> but there's... salamat <laughs> <laughs> Okay. There's also, there's also the people who don't do enough, right? So I'm sorry if we bagged on the people who do too much. Now it's time to do the same thing. You know, we'll throw hands with everyone. No one is safe here. On this no podcast. one is safe. There's, there's the people who don't do enough and they go like to the gym once a week and they're like, man, why don't I see any progress? Like I literally went to the gym once this week and I hit every body part. I did one exercise per muscle group. Like like Alan told me, and I'm not seeing any progress. 
And I guess I would say... don't work like that, baby. Yeah, it would be amazing if you could go once per week to see progress. Look, if you don't care about progress and you just kind of want to go to the gym, go once a week. Yeah, that's fine. But the people we're talking to are the people who expect to see results immediately and immediately after going just once a week, right? And unfortunately, that would be, a dream. That would be yeah, if it was easy, everyone would do it. Um, so like, if you do have these goals of progressing, and you're only going once a week, I'll be pretty blunt, that's probably that's not going to be enough. 99% not going to be enough. The way once a week would work is if you d- can dedicate four hours and go to failure on every single muscle group that you want to see progress in, or, or to be frank, all the muscle groups, right? Do every single muscle group, huge amounts of volume, like take your weekly volume, which would be anywhere from like 10 to 20 sets per muscle group. So like biceps, triceps, arms, um, shoulders, back, chest, right? Do those total 20 sets all in that one workout and take steroids, right? You need to do those two things. <laughs> you need to go till, go till failure, do a lot of volume, hit every muscle group with the recommended evidence-based number of sets and take steroids. That way you have that increase in muscle protein synthesis for, you know, up to 72 hours. That way you're building muscle over three days instead of the normal 24 to 48 48 hours. So you're norm, us normal people only build muscle for, you know, up to two days after a workout hitting that muscle group. You heard right? it here first. You heard it here first. So that's how if, if I was going to, if I was going to only work out once a week and see a lot of good progress, I would go till failure, have four hour workout sessions and take steroids. So what if is- you see me, if you see me going to the gym once a week, you'll know I'm on the juice. You'll know. I'm doing something. I'm gearing up. Jim and Juice. That's Jim my and Juice. favorite drink. Don't you have a, a podcast or not a podcast, a Spotify playlist topic? Spotify playlist name called, called Jim, Jim and Juice. Juice. Yeah. No, I have a shirt that says that, but now oh. I will make a playlist that says you that. You should make just a playlist. For you. Yeah. Quick plug. If you want to follow Monica and her playlist at ASAP Monty on Spotify, she'll even give you a workout as the art art cover. The cover. The cover yeah. Frame. Yeah. Wow, it was that's amazing. my best idea yet. Yeah, you need to charge for this. Dang. No, just I just saying. gotta give it to the people for free. That's true. For now. Open for source, now. open yeah. source fitness. All right, so, so we wait. went over doing too much, not doing enough, right? To- so then, what would enough be? We talked about it in the last podcast, right? We did. So, so check it out. Enough again. Going back to the minimal effective dosage. This is you know very variable on very variable, very dependent on the type of person, all the individual variables. I think you always want to strive for looking for the minimal effective dosage that will give you results, right? If you can do less and still get more, I think that's great. So for the person not doing enough, I'm going to say that probably three to four times a week, four times a week is probably going to be your sweet spot. But knowing that you're only wanting to go once a week, I would start you off slowly. I would ask, you know, two to three times a week, would you be willing to do that? Because you're a person who wants to see progress. You're not just going to the gym for, you know, mental health reasons, right? You want to see noticeable strength gains or muscle gains or fat loss, right? I'm going to ask you, you know, minimum two to three times a week and then build up from there. If we're going two times a week, I'm probably going to side with doing two full body days. Um, That way we get as much volume hitting every muscle group at least twice that week. Upper, lower split for only two times a week isn't going to be as effective, but 
maybe it's a starting point for someone who is adverse to two 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 full body days maybe even like an upper full body day or lower full body day depending on you know what the client wants to improve on whether it's upper body gains or lower body gains um if they would be willing to move to a three times a week program we talked about that in the last podcast but just giving an overview probably going to first recommend three full body days if that doesn't resonate with them then two full body days one upper day or two full body days one lower day or you know some sort of variation of um upper lower full or push pull legs push pull full something like that so yeah that's where that's where i'd get them focusing on compound movements um focusing on i think i also want to add focusing on machines that can load the muscle properly and give you the most time under tension so what do i mean if it's someone who doesn't even want to work out like three times a week, I'm I'm sure that they're not going to want to learn how to squat, right? Which is, you know, it's it's sad, but I understand. And some people just want to gain muscle. They don't care about, you know, the coordination aspect of, you know, squatting with a barbell. That's perfectly fine. That's what you want. So I would actually say things like the leg press would be really good in this situation because you can load it very heavy, which creates more tension. And since it's a machine, you don't have to rely on like small intrinsic muscles of like your lower back giving out, right? So you can really load it. You can have a lot of time under tension and time under tension is going to be one of the main factors for facilitating muscle growth, right? So if we can really have a nice tempo down, pause, and then a nice contraction, pushing the weights back up. I think, you know, the leg press gives squatting a run for its money if you do it properly and only in the context of hypertrophy work. So gaining muscle or gaining strength, Um, not a one to one ratio in terms of strength, but I think it gives a run for the money in terms of hypertrophy. Definitely, maybe even a little bit better than what squats can do, since there's so many variables that go into, you know, getting a good squat. Yeah. If you Thanks. have long enough legs, sometimes I cannot, the leg press for me, OMG. I can't even get, no, yeah, I can't get full stretch like Petite, in the glutes either because I can't. problem. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. And okay. With getting more, doing less, your sessions in the gym don't have to last like hours. Like it, it doesn't have to be an hour. Like you can mm-hmm. give yourself like 45 minutes, mm-hmm. which is why we encourage you to consider working with someone that can help create a program for you that's tailored to your personal preferences Mm -hmm. and with your goals. Yeah, either Monica or I. Monica, what if we combined our services together and released a group coaching program together? I think we should talk about that in the future. Okay, let's talk about it offline. If you're listening to this right now and that's something you'd be interested in, let us know. DM Monica. DM my DMs are flooded. I'm going to miss it. And I don't want to miss it. Oh, DM only fitness podcast. Yes. There you go. I'm DM only fitness podcast group coaching. If, if, if this sounds interesting to you, a co-coaching group coaching, co-coaching group coaching program by Monica and I, how many times did I say coaching just now? Too many. Coaching. Right. Um, before we move on, I'm going to have some of this protein shake because my throat is a little itchy. Monica, can you go over some of the next things in the workout pillar? Maybe let's just go down to application. Like we already bagged everyone. What can they actually apply, right? We don't want to just be the people who are like, be in a calorie deficit, eat less, move more, right? We need like real applicative bullet points that the people can take away from this first pillar. Okay, fine. Well, let me just take it back because we were also going to talk about program hoppers, which we've talked about in the past. 
what are you doing? Yeah. You're not a bunny. You're not a bunny. So that goes to what the application, practical application of what we just talked about. You want to be on a four to six week program that's focused on progressive overload. We also talked about that a little bit in the last episode where you are continuously challenging the muscles over a period of time, whether that's week by week, you're increasing your reps, sets, total volume, weight, or time under tension. There are a lot of ways to do progressive overload and implement progressive overload, not just limited to these things, but we want to keep it simple and not overwhelming. Um, So with that being said, in order for you to be able to track your progress, you should be able to track your lifts, like how many rep sets that you do, not just kind of going for it and just, mm, oh, I think I did this last time. Yeah. 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 Don't let Jesus take the wheel on this one. Yeah. Like Monica said, um, the four to six week program, that's a minimum depending on, you know, who the person is, if they're completely fine with, you know, doing the same thing over and over for 12 weeks, because it gets them in the gym, they know exactly what they need to do. They don't have to think about, oh, new program, like what are the new movements? Or maybe, you know, there's someone who can only do a four week program because they're like, I'm so bored of these movements. Like, can we please change? Right. So you want to find something that's sustainable in that aspect, but four to six week, that's a good minimum value of how long I tend to keep clients on a program before making any drastic or major changes. And like Monica said, you know, there's a lot of things with progressive overload. That's why, you know, if you want to save yourself time, energy, effort, money, or stress, hire someone who understands all of that can give it to you in plain details. We'll probably go over that in another future episode. And we've gone over it in the past a little bit, but some of the main points there, increasing reps, increasing sets, increasing volume, increasing weight, increasing time under tension. Those are five that we just gave you. You can have a variable mix of those or just focus on one. Um, Of course, as you move certain levers, other levers also need to be pulled or either pushed forward or pulled back. So that's why having a coach is great. Uh, to get you where you need to be. The next one that Monica talked about was tracking. You don't want to just go in the gym willy-nilly. And of course, going back to the whole topic of this, it's for people who aren't seeing progress. Like, yes, please go willy-nilly into whatever you want if you don't care about progress, right? Just go into the gym, have a good time. You know, sometimes That's what we I need do that. right now. Yeah, yeah, sometimes we need that. Not we're like not I know I have a condescending sarcastic accent and tone when I talk, but like I'm actually not being sarcastic or condescending. Like sometimes I just go in the gym and I go willy nilly and I just, you know, film stuff and I just have fun and I'm like, I just wanna use the gym as a form of expression for movement of my body because I've been sitting so long looking at Monica in the face doing a podcast, like I need some me time. <laughs> I could go for a walk right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like if you do want to see progress, track your lifts, whether you're writing it down or using a spreadsheet or using, you know, the app that your coach uses like Monica and I have, right? So that it's already tracked on an app and you don't have to do anything, right? Um, Anyway, however you want to track it, please track it because you need to understand, you know, what you can actually do, how much you've pushed yourself, right? It's always inspiring to see a client be like, yo, like I could not do 40 pound dumbbells when we first started and now I'm doing it for reps, right? So it's always cool to have that um, tracking in your head. And then with this last one kind of ties into that, is just learning how to train with the correct intensity. So 
it's been popularized on TikTok very much recently where it's like you need to train to failure. I don't think there's two sides to that that I want to talk about. I think there is a whole group of people who have never trained to failure, so they really don't know what it looks like. And so for those people, I'm like, yes, train to failure. So you know, like what, you know, an RPE7 or RPE8 are. RPE is, you know, one of these measures that I like to use in my programs. It's a rate of perceived exertion. So for example, RPE8 means you would have like two more reps left that you could do. But how would you know like what that feels like if you've never actually gone till failure? So, so RPE for that person, only goes until 10. Is that the yeah. scale? RPE 10 means like complete and utter failure if you had to do another one. Like you literally gave it your all, right? So going to failure would be like RPE 10. You literally have nothing left in the tank. I don't think a lot of people have trained like that in the past, especially if they didn't play like sports growing up or in high school or in college, right? You just don't get that coming um not from a, a completely athletic background because like when you get to a certain point like there are times in sports where you have to like give it more than you thought you had and that's like the mental aspect of you know sports and lifting and athletics so i think there are a lot of people who have never learned how to train with the correct intensity because they don't know what failure actually feels like and then there's also the people like i just mentioned the people from sports who train with like too much intensity all the time and it's like you're you're doing too much failure, right? You need to know what failure looks like, what training to failure looks like, but you don't actually have to go to failure every time. Like failure can look different for each lift. Like you don't have to go to failure the same way every time, like just literally being so sore that you can't work out anymore. And so that's just something that you kind of figure out as you go through the process of lifting. I'm with you. I yeah. agree with you. I think the, especially for beginners when they don't know, it's just that, how do I explain this? Like when you're doing a bicep curl or something, that moment when you first feel like so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You're like, think, oh, oh my God, my yeah, muscles are tearing. I'm hurt. I should stop. I'm hurt. Yeah. yeah. I think pushing They're... past that, finding a balance between it, it, it can be hard yeah. to, to understand what that feels like in your body when you're yeah. first learning how to lift. That's so crazy to me. Yeah. There are people who like just like we'll have first started lifting and like the next day they're like oh my god my body's dying like i'm so sore everywhere like i think i hurt myself and then you're like no 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 like that's just soreness like it'll go away like this is a new stimulus like this is the natural recovery process so i think people need to think of that as like if they remember the first time they ever were sore and they're like oh my god like i'm dying i think that is can also be applied to like what training to the correct intensity would feel like or correct you know amount of failure if you've never trained to failure, like it, it'll be that feeling again, that novel sensation. Yeah. Yes. And then failure is always if if someone's going for an RPE or RIR, which is reps in reserve, that that includes technique and form, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Once the technique and form start breaking down, that means you're you're done. You're done. You're done. You're done. Thank God. Move End on. it. Let's. Great. Thank you for saying move on. Let's move on to the nutrition pillar now. So we went over the workout pillar, people doing too much, not doing enough program hopping. We gave you some applicable bullet points, you know, four to six week program, focus on progressive overload, track your lifts and learn to train with correct intensity. Now let's get into the nutrition side, because like they say, abs are made in the kitchen. Where abs is this kitchen? kitchen right? Where Which kitchen? Is this kitchen? Wait, what's that one video? What the fuck is up, Kyle? I don't know why I censored myself like that. Yeah, what? I don't know. We're an explicit podcast, right? That's true. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, what nutrition. What the fuck right? is up, Kyle? N yes. Nutrition. 
Um, so I think once you get the workout part done, and I think, you know, a good majority of people can get their workouts done. And maybe after listening to this, they're fine with the workouts. But a lot of people will tend to struggle with nutrition. And they don't realize, you know, how much of a change and impact nutrition can make until they see those changes and feel that impact. Mm. So one of the first things that we see with people who are not progressing is that they'll eat whatever they want because they worked out. They had a hard workout. They're like, okay, now I, I deserve can it. I deserve everything. this. And that's not to say you don't deserve it, but. I feel like the people who think of like, oh, I'll eat whatever I want because I deserved it because I worked out. They think in a very much punishment versus reward based system, right? The punishment is the workout. I'm going to punish myself. I'm going to have a really hard workout. I'm going to work out straight for 90 minutes, no rest and really feel sore the next day. And now it's like a reward. It's like they go into Wendy's and it's like, it's like a reward. Um, and so that's not the greatest mentality to be in when workouts are your punishment. And then food is your reward because it just tends to lead you towards very bad habits when looking at food. Food should definitely be nutritious, should fuel you, should get you to the next spot you want to go to and not seen as like something that you have to earn by punishing yourself in the gym, right? Yes. I think that's the biggest distinction I want to make. Like food is not something you have to earn because you punish yourself. Food should be a fuel to help you progress even further, right? Yeah. So there's like, yeah, there's the punishment versus reward type of system. And then where we want people is to think of food as fuel. I don't know what system that would be, but if someone has a good name for it, DM us. But yeah, I think I think that's one of the first things we'll see with a lot of clients. Did you want to add anything to that? Um. Well, I'm like, food is more than just fuel. It serves a lot of other purposes. You're always, you always deserve to eat. But I think we just mention this to to bring more mindfulness to your relationship with food um not to be a punishment versus reward thing but just to be mindful like when you do have a hard gym day or something what is your mentality when it comes to nutrition just yeah. ask yourself yeah. that let me let me kink shame for a second that's weird that's bdsm type weird i'm not <laughs> saying like bdsm is weird but i think bdsm in food and workouts that's kind of weird Leave the BDSM oh in the bedroom. Like, wow. why do you want to? Why do you want to? Why do you want to feel so much punishment and shame? That's that's weird. That's Very that's just a gym, right? So I'm gonna kink shame you for who. If you think like that, shame. But a, like, leave that. That's a nice that. perspective. To yeah, on. leave that. Leave that in the bedroom for food. That's weird. That's inanimate objects. Why do you want to feel so much punishment and pleasure? Anyway, oh, but food is so pleasure. pleasure it is pleasurable. Right? Oh. Like, come on, mm, food porn. That's that's true. Maybe I need to re retract some of we'll, my statement. But we'll revisit. We'll, we'll, re we'll revisit. Yeah. yeah, I need to. Yeah, let that thought marinate. Anyway, I just wanted to. Sh I don't know. Maybe hopefully that works. In the, the same other vein, one, though. In yeah, the same vein, not, are, not eating enough. Not eating enough. Not eating enough. So depriving yourself. Like, what? Why are you depriving yourself? Yeah. Why? That's weird. Well. Yeah, that's weird. I was gonna say, I was gonna say something about like, no, I don't even know what I'm gonna say. No, why, say why aren't you eating enough? No, why aren't you eating enough? Well, there's always those old school thoughts around food, you know, no carbs. What are they? Oh, diets that'll get you results. Keto says no carbs. Carnivores say no veggies. Um, why? There's another one. For what? 
there are people who say no protein. I love really. Yeah, there are. They're very fringe. It's always fringe. It's always if you can. All diets do are put you in a caloric deficit by removing some of the guesswork, but they go to extremes, right? So I feel like keto is the best one that people will understand, right? Keto, look, now it has a name. There's a name of the diet that makes it easy to remember. They make it super simple because you can have protein, you can have fat, just take away carbs. And we know carbs tend to add up, especially, you know, ultra processed carbs, they'll tend to add up. They tend to cause weight gain because they put you in a caloric surplus for a lot of people. So now they've removed the guesswork. Just don't eat carbs, eat everything else, and you'll be fine. And most people tend to do see progress because they've removed a lot of their calories. And now they're eating protein and fat, a lot higher in protein also, which keeps them satiated for longer. But then they don't know how to move away from, you know, that diet. They're like, not to do They didn't learn forever. anything. Yeah, they, they didn't learn anything. don't learn anything. Right. And that's like what I try to help my clients with, like, learn, like, why are we eating more protein? Well, protein is satiating, helps you build muscle. The more muscle we have, you know, just naturally we have a higher basal metabolic rate. And if you want to increase your metabolism, that's a great way to do so. So things like that. Um, but yeah, there are people who just don't eat enough. Did you want to elaborate on that full topic? Because I'm drawing a blank on what I want to say. I mean... If you're not eating enough, you're not going to have enough energy to do the things that you want to do, both inside and outside of the gym, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you can't put enough energy into your workouts, you're not going to get the adaptations that you want from those workouts. So mm -hmm. it's a downhill battle, eating, honey. Or you're you're going downhill every time. Yeah, the there was like the 1,200 calorie diet trend for a while. Like just eat 1,200 calories. Mm, no, no. I want to have just like all the muscle so i can eat everything yeah food is good food, food is tastes good. good build more muscle eat more food and you'll be able to probably look better if you if that's your goal if or, that's your goal move better move better feel better eat you need to eat more and i can understand why someone would be adverse to wanting to eat more because you know maybe they do gain weight very quickly and then we can relate it to, you know, metabolism thing. I'm like, okay, like if we look at your metabolism, here's where you're at based on your body fat percentage. Here's your lean body mass. Here's the reason why it feels like you're gaining weight so quickly is because you literally have no muscle. And so you have no, nothing on your body that acts as a furnace, right? Muscles act as a furnace. As If you feed it coal, the coal turns into heat energy. And if you can do that for your body, that means you can eat more food and it would just turn into heat instead of fat, right? I think people need to understand that. Like muscle is a furnace. As long as you keep it by having enough protein, if you eat other foods, it will turn into heat and get dispersed instead of stay in your body as fat. That's like a very simplified way of thinking of it. I just thought of it actually. So thank you. I kind of like that. But I kind of like that too, right? And I think it, there is a lot of, you know, science to back that up, right? You'll respirate, you'll perspirate, you'll release a lot of your fat as CO2. People are like, where does the fat oh, so go? So fat doesn't come out of my shits? No. Actually, it, it comes out when you wear a waist trainer and your abdomens are sweaty. Oh, okay. Just kidding. So... No. It, 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 it's removed from your body when you breathe it's removed from your body when you breathe which is crazy so i like that yeah muscle furnace more protein bigger furnace more protein bigger muscles bigger furnace 
food, eat, heat, no fat. Done. Clip it. Mark it. Clip it. Add that. Timestamp that. Timestamp that shit. Hold on. Do it again for, I mean, do it again to make sure people really understand. Muscle. Okay. You, you want to clip it? Let me clip it. I got it. I got How do you it. do it? I got it. I added the marker. Oh, muscle equals furnace. Bigger muscle, bigger furnace. Keep furnace big, workout, and protein. Food, eat, becomes heat. No fat. You need bigger furnace, though. Small furnace, sometimes food, eat, some heat, some stays as fat on your body. So you want big furnace. Big furnace from big muscle. Big muscle from good workout and protein. Build the furnace. Build the muscle. That way you eat and heat no fat. You're welcome. Big furnace energy. Big furnace energy. Yes. Big furnace. <laughs> big furnace energy. We're about to start a 2022 TikTok trend. Big furnace energy. You need a big, big furnace. furnace. You need a big furnace. That's true. That's good. That's that good. good. Thank you. Mark that. You're welcome. I'll we'll take my check that. now. Allen yeah. E LLC. Thank you. Oh, that's such a In perfect. There. That was a poem. What you just did. Thank you. Thank you. Um, wait. Thank you. Thank you. Oh no, that's the laugh track. I need the clapping track. Thank you. Thank you. Thank. Thank you. 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 All right. Now let's go further into the nutrition pillar. So so far, you know, people who eat whatever they want because they worked out. They like crime. They like punishment. They like being kinky. Not trying to kink shame, except for that one. Then there are also the people who don't eat enough because they don't realize big furnace energy. Now we need to go into the people who ask about tracking. And Ooh, tracking. So I'll just give background. Like I've tracked in the past. I actually tracked for like two years straight without like missing a singular meal. No way. I feel like people would call that orthorexia. But yeah, I was definitely like tracking super hard. I was really obsessed with the numbers. I would make spreadsheets to look at, you know, my daily versus my weekly versus, you know, what I need to update in terms of all the small numbers. I was more fascinated with that. You could change like these numbers around, like move small movements in the numbers and see like huge changes, right? So like bringing the carbs from 400 to 450 and really like getting like big from that and like looking bigger or bringing it back down and getting really lean. I, that's what I was like looking at. I would say with my experience of doing that and then also with my knowledge that I have now and my goal of trying to remove as much guesswork as possible, especially for people who are very busy and don't care about the gym but want to see progress, I would say yes and no to tracking, right? Yes What's and the yes? no. The yes would be tracking but not numbers, right? I feel like people just don't have awareness with their food. So I like to start my clients with just building awareness around their food, taking pictures as a form of tracking, right? You're not necessarily tracking the macros, you're not weighing, you're not scaling, but you're just at least taking a picture or writing down what you ate for that day, right? And I don't mm -hmm. think people do that. I just did um, a cash flow exercise with um, Matthew, who is, uh, is, what is his title exactly? Like a financial advisor? Financial advisor, correct. I don't know why I blanked. And um, it was kind of scary going through the cash flow exercise. He's like, so how much do you make? How much do you spend? I'm like, oh, whoa. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to actually look at the numbers and have to, like, actually, like, live this problem. But well, it was really there are, good. There are so many overlaps with kind of, like, financial yeah, we, you know, we, health and understanding. Matt and I and, talked about that. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, so when we were doing that, I was like, 
yeah, this is crazy. Like you're bringing to light all of the problems that I deal with that I just ignore because the longer I ignore the problem, the less it exists, but it still exists. But in my mind, it doesn't exist. And I was like, yeah, when we do this with like clients and tracking their food, they're like, oh my God, like I didn't want to do this, but I can't believe like this is what I'm eating, right? I didn't realize, you know, on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis, like, oh, this is this is how I eat. Like yeah, I was ignoring just, it. It's mm-hmm. just awareness. There's nothing, you know, you're not a good person. You're not a bad person. It's just, it is it is what it is. And you can make those adjustments accordingly. Yeah. You just learn, learn from it and adjust. Yes, adjusting is the biggest I think biggest key word there, like you don't have to be perfect right off the bat. And I tell like clients that I onboard, I'm like, we're going to go over the next seven days. You're just going to take pictures of your food. And what tends to happen if I don't tell them is that they eat perfect and they'll like, they're like eating dry ass chicken and broccoli. I'm like, damn, if you're already eating this, why do you need my help? Right? Mm -hmm. So now I onboard clients. I'm like, we're going to take pictures. Don't change anything about how you eat. Eat normally. That way I know like, how we need to adjust going forward. Because if I see that you have three meals on there, which is chicken, rice, and broccoli for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I'm like, damn, you're good. Like, here's your refund. I, you, I can't help you. Like, you're good. You already, you already solved it all. You're, you're, you know, eating chicken, rice, and broccoli. Or like, where's the, yeah, where's the, um, I don't know where you need help. Issue. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, bringing awareness. More flavor. That's the point. That's the point we wanted to make there. Just bring awareness to what you're eating, you know, how you're feeling after you're eating. That can be a huge difference. And then adjust accordingly from there. You don't know what to adjust if you don't have anything to look at to adjust. You don't know right? how. Yeah, you don't know how to adjust. If how you don't you gonna... know what you're even right. consuming. And like if exactly. you want to track like through pictures and stuff, something I tell clients to do too is how'd you feel? How'd you feel after? Mm-hmm. How'd the workout feel? Mm-hmm. Did you feel how'd energized? The yeah. How did the food feel? Do you feel lethargic after eating and sleepy after eating, even though it's midday? Or are you feeling good? Did you feel like you slept better? Are you bloating? I think bloating is the biggest one. And I want just on a tangent, bloating is common, but not normal. Bloating is mm. common, but not normal. I think there's a lot of things that we do today that causes bloating and it's become normalized, but it's definitely not a normal thing that you should be experiencing a lot. And of course, there are medical reasons. But I think there's also things to do deal with nutrition, not just like what we eat, but also how we eat when people are like scarfing down their food. Like I've caught myself so many times just like scarfing down my food. And then 10 minutes later, I'm like, damn, I feel so bloated right now and sick to my stomach. Like I wish I just took my time with eating. So sometimes it's not what you eat but it's how you eat. Yeah. So maybe eat a little bit slower. Maybe we can go over that in another podcast. Maybe we have already. Um, let us know. I don't even listen to the podcast. We'll circle back. Yeah. I don't either. Actually, just kidding. I do. I know sometimes I do too. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Why wouldn't we? We're pretty good. We're pretty good at this. Not even going to lie. This is also our like, own projection too. I'm like, I yeah. need to hear these things. So Yeah. Um, okay. So we've gone over the workout pillar. We've gone over the nutrition pillar. The last pillar we need to go over within the next 15 minutes is the non-exercise related pillar. So everything not dealing with exercise can affect how you exercise, right? For example, not having enough water. So drink some water right now because I said the word water. Simon says, Mm. I actually don't have water on me right now. (laughs) Drink water, audience member. I I, do. I can hear you drinking, right? Not drinking enough water going to affect your 
exercise performance. That's just a basic biological thing with, you know, getting oxygen to our blood and then to our lungs through breathing. I don't know where I'm going with that one. Anyway, drink, drinking water, not having enough affects our performance levels. High stress can affect our performance levels in the gym, right? Being super stressed, again, like we said, high cortisol levels. Cortisol is actually, uh, I forget the the scientific word, but cortisol is anti-muscle. So remember we talked about having a big furnace? Stress makes the furnace smaller and smaller. Of course, you know, it's in smaller amounts, like just being stressed doesn't shrink the furnace immediately. But over time, that long term stress can make your furnace, you know, a little bit smaller every passing week or month, not chronic, saying chronic, chronic yeah, stress, the chronic stress would would affect that. Um, but yeah, and stress, sometimes cortisol, anti muscle. Yeah, sometimes when you are really, really, really stressed too, our bodies can hold on to that too. Tension, muscle tension. Mm -hmm. um, and when you're in the gym doing like pretty heavy lifts and stuff, you want to make sure your muscles aren't super tight. Mm -hmm. Decrease your risk of injury. Yeah. So um, the next one was sleep. Not sleeping enough, of course, ruins and can affect your day. And as part of your day is going to be your gym routine. So I'm sure everyone listening to this understands what it feels like to not have had enough sleep and just not having the mental or physical capacity to get through the day because it feels like it's such a daunting type of task and such um, a pain to get through. And you try to try to make it go away by drinking loads and loads of coffee. And now all you're doing is increasing your stress levels. So if you see like the pattern that we're trying to get you in is like not sleeping enough, right? Now you have not enough sleep. Now you have an increase in stress. Now you're drinking coffee instead of water. You're just inducing more and more stress, right? So those are the those are the things we want you to see as we go through this. Um, one of the other things I had over here is like not enough playtime. Like adults don't have playtime, and I think we need, we, to play. we need that, right? Think about kids, and if kids just studied all the time, and they had you know a tutor teach them from after school until they went to bed and they don't have time to play and now they don't have enough sleep, that child is just going to be miserable. Think about you in the same way. Think about how miserable you'd be if instead of being able to go to recess, you would rather take a nap because you know, you've spent so much time being stressed and so much time not sleeping. And now instead of getting to be with your friends and enjoying that time, you're like, oh my God, like I just, I'm just going to go sit in this corner even though I'd much rather go and play. Like sometimes you got to go and play whatever playtime looks for you, you know? Sometimes yeah. your gym uh, is okay. your play. Sometimes gym is your play. There's other ways to play as well. You can always play with yourself. That's another way. Play with others. That's a good way. Monica, what do you mean by play with yourself? What did you mean what? by that? I see over Just here it out. says Just you wrote in our yourself. show notes. You wrote hang in our show notes. Yourself. Go play with yourself. You don't understand take that exactly. As also, just because these things sound mm. very basic does not mean that they're easy, okay? They're very simple things to work on. It doesn't mean that they're easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then some other parts of health that we wanted to go over for this non-exercise-related pillar, you know, you need to look at your social health. And actually, before we even dive into this, I had this idea, what if we changed the word health to hygiene? Because to me, hygiene is like something that, you know, you do to keep up, right? So like your hygiene with your teeth and with like showering, like you don't always want to do it. You're not, and sometimes maybe you don't do it, but you know you should do it to keep up with your hygiene, right? 
Mm-hmm. So instead of thinking of all of these in a health aspect, because I think health is like a word that people can't wrap their head around. What if we change it to like social hygiene? Like, what are you doing to make sure your social hygiene is up to date and running well? I think there's another way people think about it. They think about like software versus hardware. But I think when it comes to health, I like thinking of it in terms of like hygiene. What are you doing for your social hygiene? Are you going out with friends? Are you seeing friends and family? Are you hanging out with them? Um, are you getting yeah. some sunlight when you go out on your walk? Like, how's your spiritual hygiene? Like, how, I don't know what to add to that one. How's your financial hygiene, right? Are you actually looking at your bank statements? Are you just, you know, assuming you're spending five to $6,000 a month and $2,000 on rent. And you actually have no idea where your income is coming and you don't know what you're spending your money on, but you know, you're spending a lot of it, especially living in a city like New York city, where it seems like the moment you step outside, you spend a hundred dollars here and there willy nilly. And now you have friends who want to go get a drink. And now you go out to happy hour. And now you spend another $50 and on two drinks, like why would drinks cost that much? And I think I'm going on a rant here and no, I'm not talking about myself. Definitely not talking about myself, but what are you doing for your financial? hygiene are you actually do you actually have like a financial advisor or financial planner shout out to matthew matthew veland mg veland on instagram um thank you for helping me right do you actually have someone you're going to and making sure you know you're staying on top of things or are you just assuming you know it doesn't exist because you don't look at it right out of sight out next of mind, one baby. would be the sight out of mind right i don't see i cannot tell then there's also emotional hygiene you know what are you doing for your emotions did you have a good cry did you talk to your therapist again the gym is not should not be your therapy if it causes thank you, you. stress wait right yeah that's what yeah. you said the gym the, the, the gym, gym is not is, therapy it's therapeutic yeah it's oh, therapeutic, if it causes you more stress therapy. than relieving it yeah yeah i also don't think it's therapy i think you should definitely talk to, but that's just me right don't yeah you don't have to take what i say but yeah like when you posted that like the gym is not therapy if it causes you more stress or the gym is not therapy if missing a workout causes you more stress yeah that's not therapy anymore it should be you know that safe sacred space where you know you release your emotions but yeah your emotional health what are you doing for your emotional health how you getting better how how are you leveling up your emotional intelligence intelligence your eq do you follow the right pages who are giving you you know good information that helps you become a better person and then lastly you know mental hygiene what are you doing for your mental hygiene how are you keeping up with how you're feeling what you're thinking who you're thinking about topics you're wanting to think about things like that dang you really covered speechless wow speechless i got nothing after that well that's good because then we've reached the end of this podcast and i guess as a way to go over everything we've gone over we went over the three biggest mistakes beginners make in the gym and why they aren't seeing progress we first started with the workout pillar talked about the people who are doing too much like working out every day the people who don't do enough going only once a week the people who program hop we gave you a few bullet points of applicable knowledge right four to six week program focus on progressive overload you want to track your lifts track your progress, learn to train with the correct intensity. And then we got into the nutrition pillar, right? There are people who eat whatever they want because they worked out. Then there are people who don't eat enough and don't have good workouts, right? So we gave you some ideas there in terms of how you should be looking at your food, what you need to do to stop demonizing your food, what you need to do to start looking at food as being nutritious and and as being a way to help you progress in the gym and maybe outside of the gym. Um, We talked about the big furnace energy, why you want to have a big furnace, how you get a big furnace, right? The furnace is muscle. 
getting a big furnace is causing stimulus to your muscle to increase the size of the muscle, bigger muscle, bigger furnace. How do you keep the furnace going? Eat your protein. And then now food will be released as heat instead of staying as body fat. I know that's a super simplified version, but I kind of like it. And we'll think about that even more as we think about this furnace analogy. We told you, do you need a track? No, not really, but you should definitely bring awareness. So that is technically a form of tracking. Bring awareness because just because you don't see it does not mean it doesn't exist. And I think that's going to help a lot of people from the get-go when they realize what they're eating, when they're eating it, how much they're eating, how they're feeling after they eat also. And then lastly, we went over the non-exercise related pillar, all the things outside of the gym that ultimately will affect us inside of the gym and how that's going to affect your progress that you see, right? Not drinking enough water, being high stress levels all the time. So chronic high stress, not getting enough sleep, right? Not getting enough sleep chronically also leads to chronic high stress, not getting enough sleep daily, just makes it a bad day people not playing enough and then people needing to take care of their hygiene for their social their spiritual their financial their emotional and their mental health so those were all the topics we covered today if any of those resonated with you please subscribe leave a five-star review send this podcast to a friend or family member that might enjoy the information we went over today tag us on instagram screenshot and tag this podcast share it on instagram so that you're followers can see it tag me at at the alan Yee on instagram and then monica at asap Mani on instagram and then also tag the only fitness podcast at only fitness podcast if you hashtag really big furnace energy yeah hashtag big furnace energy that's the energy we're given in 2022 because we love muscles and we love furnaces for some reason anyways thank you guys for joining us on the only fitness podcast it has been your host with the most alan Yi, joined with of course monica blanco getting that asap money and we'll see you on the next episode peace Thank you so, so much for listening to the Only Fitness Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to leave a five-star rating and review. Share this podcast with a friend or family member, and be sure to follow us on Instagram. Until next time, this has been the Only Fitness Podcast.